Christ the King was originally called the Solemn Day, Solemnity mm -hmm. of Christ. Yeah, Solemnity of Christ the King of the Universe. Oh. The King of the Universe. See, my superhero thing totally works. Mm -hmm. Master of the Universe. <laughs> that just made me so happy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, and I think... Christ! <laughs> ah! Savior of the universe! <laughs> I know, Flash. Wow. So close to Christ. Weird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we have no friends. <laughs> that's not truthful. <laughs> I feel like that's not accurate. That's not true. That's not true. We just don't have a guest for this week in the podcast. No, that is true. That is true. But what we do have is one another. We do. And so, we are in this together one way right. or the other. That's right. And we have all of you listening. So that's that's good enough for us. Uh, we will have a... We do want to thank Hannah Wilder, again, mm -hmm. wherever she is. I'm sure she's listening uh, for being on the podcast. Uh, last week, we loved having her. She'll be back again, I'm sure, someday. Um, and next week we look forward to having the Reverend Mary Lynn Coulson on the podcast, That's who right. is not only a great priest, but is my wife. Well, you know what my favorite thing is about Mary Lynn Coulson? Yeah. She's George's mom. That's, she's also George's mom mm -hmm. of George Pan Venn Diagram mm -hmm. fame. So we're excited to have her, uh, on the podcast for next week, which excitingly is Advent one, the first Sunday in Advent. The first Sunday of year A of the lectionary year. And so that's very exciting to have a, a new year, a mm -hmm. new liturgical year. Well, and gospel. I don't want to get too far into it or anything, but Advent is my favorite church season. There you go. We're going to talk all about Advent next week. We're going to be very excited. Love Advent. Love being in a liturgical season that's not ordinary time. Yes. Really. That's what I'm excited about. Um, but... Next week being Advent 1 means that today is uh, the week, this is the week of Christ the King Sunday, which would also be proper 29 if you're keeping up with your proper numbers. Um, but Christ the King is always the feast that we celebrate the Sunday before Advent, and it always marks the end of ordinary time and their transition into Advent. So we're going to talk more about Christ the King uh, after we do the gospel reading in our kind of context and first point section. Um, but we want to keep with our pattern of talking about uh, ministry contexts and where we're seeing God during the week, which we would usually ask our guests, but we don't have a guest today. So today I'm going to ask Charlotte about her ministry context and where she saw God this week. So would you share your many ministry contexts yes. with us. Yes, and it's funny because that's not actually an exaggeration, right? Because I do have many, many ministry contexts. And it's also timely that we're doing this on Christ the King Sunday because one of my ministry contexts is at Christ Episcopal Church in Coronado. And Christ the King Sunday is the day that we celebrate as our feast day there. Mm -hmm. So Christ Episcopal Church is located in Coronado, which is labeled an island, but is attached to land. Mm -hmm. um, I will leave you to suss that piece out. But it is a historic parish. It is surrounded 
by a small biking local community um, and also several military bases. One of the neatest things about Christchurch Coronado, where I'm the director of Youth and Family, is also that it has a day school. So we have an Episcopal Day School, Christ Episcopal Church Day School, um, and I am the lay chaplain for the day school there, which serves just over 100 students um, in junior kindergarten through grade six. So we have chapel on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they have spiritual nurture, and it is a vibrant place to live and to work, and I'm very lucky. My third and final ministry context, yes, that is three, um, is that I am the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego, which means that I get to work with teenagers from all over our region, planning retreats and mission trips and other awesome ways to connect with each other and with God. So my context is pretty good. Yes, wide ranging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then question number two, uh, where did you see God moving in the world this past week that was not at church? Um, where did I see God moving this week? Actually, I am going to go ahead and pick an offering from church, but it touches a piece that was outside of church as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the programs that Christ Church runs annually is Advent Angels, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity for parishioners and non-parishioners to stop by and pick up cards um, that are labeled with the ages of children in Episcopal Community Services Head Start program and to buy Christmas gifts for them. And we do it every year. And then the first week of Advent, the gifts are wrapped and sent down to Head Start. Well, a few years ago, Christ Church went through a renovation and the wood that was in front of the organ pipes was removed and a local men's woodworking group asked if they could have it they decided to take that wood and turn it into doll beds that they then gave back to the church for the Advent Angels program. Cool. So these gifts that are going out to these children at ECS's Head Start are these beautiful wooden doll beds that are made from the historic wood inside of our church. Mm -hmm. The blankets and the pillows were sewed by the wives of this men's woodworking group, Mm -hmm. and then the parishioners have bought the baby dolls to go in it. Cool. So it feels like this really collaborative way that God touched so many different opportunities Mm -hmm. and took something that was about to be cast aside and made it new. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So that uh, gets us right into, I think, our gospel for the week. But first, we want to hear from you. You can contact us in a bunch of different ways. You can email us. Uh, faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org, where you can also find all of the Faith to Go resources every week based on the gospel for each Sunday. Or you can contact us uh, in a direct message through Instagram at faith to go. And now we're going to get into our gospel for the week, uh, which is the gospel for Christ the King. So, Charlotte is going to read the gospel, and then we're going to take some time to provide some context and talk about Christ the King, and then each have one point. Luke chapter 23, verses 33 to 43. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know, do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. The people stood by, watching Jesus on the cross. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, 
coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, You are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly, I tell you, today will be you will be with me in paradise. All right. You know what I always thought? There's nothing that gets you in that holiday mood like a good crucifixion. You know? Sure. You know? Probably not. Uh, it's kind of a downer. But uh, still, we always do this every year. Yes. <laughs> we talk about Christ the King as we move into Advent. So... Christ the King is actually a relatively new feast uh, compared to the other feasts of the Christian tradition because it was actually started in 1925 by the Pope at the time. And um, he instituted it to be the last Sunday in October, which would always coincide as the Sunday before All Saints. Okay. Uh, And then it was moved after Vatican II uh, and renamed... The Solemnity of Christ the King of the Universe. Christ the King of the Universe. So when we do our shorthand of Christ the King, we're actually kind of limiting the scope mm-hmm. uh, of what the original idea of the feast day was, Christ the King of the Universe, which is actually pretty interesting. And uh, and was moved to the last Sunday before Advent 1. So I th- so the kind of the point of it is to is to highlight this idea of Christ's sovereignty over all creation, if you will, kind of taking into account all these different biblical, um, these kind of scriptural quotations of Christ as like a ruler of the universe, um, like pre-existent, all things being created through the through Christ. Uh, the thing is that Jesus himself never really called never called himself a king, and thus, you know the the kind of tragic irony of those signs that are hung over him as he's being Mm -hmm. crucified. Um, But this is one of the only kind of gospel readings uh, where we have Jesus talk, you know, we have, we have kind of this, we have this kind of inflection point of talking about Jesus as a king, where it's clear that it's that Jesus, it puts a stark contrast, the fact that Jesus is not the king as in the way that he was, kind of crucified for being, for te- for c- claiming to be, even though he never did, king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And yet there's someone talking about re- remembering him when he comes into his kingdom. Right. And Jesus saying, truly you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. So then we are given, we're kind of handed this gospel and said, what do you, this is, this is the kingdom that we're talking about, which is clearly not, the thing that he was crucified for, which was kind of encroaching on Roman imperialism. Mm -hmm. But it's clearly, and so then if it's not that, then it's something else. So what is that thing? And then now we're kind of living into that mystery of what that thing is as we move into Advent. Right. I mean, and it also brings up the difference between the type of king, 
whether it was self-selected or whether it is language that we use to describe him, that Jesus is, um, as opposed to the kings that the people of the time frame were experiencing, mm-hmm. which was all about power and, um, well, power, 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 over mm-hmm. and over again. And this was about loving each other and showing justice and having mercy and all of these things that is completely the opposite of what they were used to experiencing it. So I think that in naming Jesus as king, that's almost the first step in living into this different kind of kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's something for us, I think, to really unpack because we default to the king that lives, that becomes king by destroying and defeating people right and continues to be king by power that is oppressive Mm -hmm. and so we have to we're like called in that in this time to reframe then what we mean when we say christ the king and remembering that we're talking about christ the king of the universe so that there's something cosmic happening that is bigger than just jesus sitting on a throne Mm -hmm. so what is that thing you know right and so that's our that's kind of our question for today. And what is that we could spend half an hour just talking about that. But yeah. instead, <laughs> we are bringing you two additional points to yes. go right along with it. Mm. And the first of those points is mine today. And it comes from the first part of the reading um, where they have crucified Jesus next to the criminals, one on his left and one on his right. And then Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. They cast lots, they watch him die, but then they start to scoff and to ridicule him. And they use this language that immediately resonated with me, which is, he saved others, let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. And then we go a little bit further into it, and they say it again, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And when I hear these words, I keep thinking that, That not only applies to where Jesus is. Yes, everything that happened to Jesus was what was supposed to happen. And Jesus dying on the cross was a price that he paid for his love for us, for us to be redeemed, right? This is how that was supposed to transpire. He wasn't going to save himself from this thing. But what I keep hearing in that is the way we also apply that to each other. It's that whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality of when something's going wrong in someone's life, that it's just get over it, just move on. Oh, I wouldn't handle it like that. We come into this from a place of judgment and of ridicule. And sometimes it's well-intentioned because we're trying to say that maybe it's not that big of a deal and to let go of that and to move on. But sometimes things in life you can't let go of. You can't just get over. Sometimes you have to live through them in order to come out the other side in a different place, in order to live into what the kingdom looks like. And when you're in that stuck place, in that place of pain or heartache or anger, hearing save yourself is possibly the least helpful thing that you could hear. Mm -hmm. Let me sit with you. Um, How are you doing? How does that feel? What do you need right now? I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Do you want to pray? Mm -hmm. All would be more helpful than save yourself Mm -hmm. or pick yourself up and move on or just let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I love that because I think that then then we start to like reframe what the cross means for our humanity, 
today and for our human experience today because if it's if we can if we can know that it's not just Jesus paying some sort of blood debt to an angry god mm-hmm. which i think is un, an unhelpful theology of how we understand ourselves and our creation and the world and the cross then what it ultimately is, which is something that Richard Rohr has said recently, which I love, is that the cross is like the ultimate defi- divine act of solidarity. Mm. That G- that that the the crosses are is the is like the story and example of the way that God is present in our suffering right. and present with us in suffering. And in that way, it's incredibly redeeming and saving because when we are suffering. If it's because Jesus not saving himself was that very divine, was the, was like the ultimate way of being in solidarity with us when we suffer. Because instead of saying, um, I'm just going to pull you out of this suffering situation, it's I'm going to suffer with you. Mm-hmm. God saying that, mm-hmm. just as like healing as it is to hear another person say that, on the cross we see God saying that. Right. And so we can know that... At, it's not going to make it hurt any less, but it's like we know that God is moving through suffering then, and that suffering is not kind of like the opposite of what God is 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 kind of calling us to and through, but is the very thing through which we kind of become who we are in the same way that Jesus lived out who he was through suffering. And so I think that goes into my point because the, the, the point I wanted to make was about that second half of the gospel, and specifically about this interaction that Jesus has with one of the people that's being crucified with him. So the the person on one side of Jesus uh, says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And it's not that this person was doing anything wrong. It's just like that's the that's kind of like the most the easiest way to imagine kingship and a kingdom is that like when this kingdom comes about in the future and you take your throne remember me Mm -hmm. and like let me into that place you know and so it's this thing that's going to happen later you know that that jesus is going to die and that later the kingdom will come and then he'll be remembered because you don't you only remember someone from the past but Jesus' reply, I think, is really telling and really kind of cool because he says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So it seems like this guy is saying, later on, remember me when your kingdom comes about and when you come into it. And Jesus is saying, I don't have to remember you because today it's going to happen. And the thing is that Jesus dies that day. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, Jesus doesn't say, in three days you'll be with me in paradise. Or like in whatever, like, you know, a week or two weeks when I ascend into heaven, you'll be with me in paradise. It's today you'll be with me in paradise. And it makes me think of this, like, more cosmic Christ idea. If Christ is the king of the universe, of, like, the entirety of creation, this kingdom that Jesus is talking about is not something that will come about when when we get sucked out of creation or like when we finally like outlast this world, we'll go to a better one. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus is saying, even this, to me, he's saying even this destructive, violent, terrible act of, of causing suffering of me dying on this cross today 
is moving us towards that kingdom. Like the kingdom is here and in the future at the same time. But there is no there. There's only here and now, you know. And and that it like is a pointer to this idea that the like second coming of Christ is not like a again I'm stealing Richard Rohr's idea, but is not like a thing that will happen for once and all time later on, but is this kind of like con constant development that is happening that that the christ is like the fulfillment of all creation and that thing is unfolding all the time that the second coming is constantly coming constantly coming constantly happening not that jesus is going to come back at one time but that we're like all moving and progressing towards some sort of fulfillment and that jesus dying on the cross in this way of not like in not engaging in in retributive justice Mm -hmm. And not engaging in fighting back in the ultimate act of like peaceful civil dis- disobedience, in the ultimate act of res- restoration, like takes on that suffering of the world and doesn't blame anybody, and thus moves creation forward, thus moves the Christ further into fulfillment, you know, and that is paradise, that is the kingdom coming, you know, so. I just I love that interaction where it's this that Jesus is like responding in the loving way and saying, I won't have to remember you then because it's happening now. You don't have to wait. Right. Right? Like you don't have to wait for us to be together, we are. Right. And it doesn't mean that that everything's better as soon as Jesus dies. Nope. Certainly not. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but that I have the feeling like we are moving towards something. And I think that is a great hope. That doesn't mean that things are perfect now either. Clearly they aren't. But I have the sense that there's this constant growth of consciousness that we're all taking part in that is all moving us closer to God and closer to the kingdom of heaven. And that even these moments of terrible suffering and violence can move us there. Um, okay, so that is two points and a, and a fun fact. Yes, yes. <laughs> two points and a highlight. Two points and a highlight. So uh, to recap, we uh, had some context about the uh, the Feast of Christ the King and our kind of ending of Ordinary Time and moving into Advent. That led into our first point, which was from Charlotte, about this idea of uh, Jesus on the cross being kind of berated and told to save himself and the way that that Jesus not saving himself and and suffering and dying was this divine show of how we are to be with one another in suffering and how God is with us in suffering. And then that led into the second point, which was mine, which was about uh, the here-ness and now-ness of the kingdom of heaven, of the paradise that Jesus says that we are all kind of invited to be part of here and now, not in some later date, and that even our suffering is moving us closer to the kingdom of heaven. So, having heard uh, those points, uh, Charles is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through. Luke chapter 23, verses 33 to 43. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. The people stood by watching Jesus on the cross, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, 
He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. We will be back next week for the first Sunday of Advent in year A. So excited. Uh, we hope you are having a joyful uh, season uh, moving into Advent. And we want to hear from you about your week of faith discussions and reflections. You can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can get to us through the website, myfaithtogo.org, where you can message us. You can uh, instant. Uh, direct message us on Instagram at faith to go where you can also follow us and see what we post throughout the week for your uh, reflection on the gospel. Uh, we would love if you would rate and review this podcast, and we would love if you shared it with a friend or a neighbor or a total stranger. Yeah. Really anyone. Mm-hmm. So uh, until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.